You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. AKA Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from bicyclists who have pedaled to places all over the U.S. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? All right, well, on the show today is Todd Cowan. Hey, Todd, how are you doing today? Doing great, Kathy. How are you? Good, good. Well, we haven't really met um, besides the few minutes we just talked before pushing record, but I had a podcast fan named Paul who sent me a message and said, you should talk to my friend Todd. (laughs) So here we are talking to Todd. And it's great to talk to you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I looked up some information about you based on what Paul told me to look up. And you are part of an incredible organization called Team Red, White, and Blue, which is a nonprofit. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And also, I know that you've been on a few bike adventures, so I want to get into that as well. But first, you bet. But first let's talk a little bit about you. Um, sure. Why don't you give us some highlights of uh, where you live and what cycling is like there? Sure. I'm uh, from Columbia, Missouri, and I lived here for about 15 years, I think. And then uh, biking here is its a very, very great bike-friendly town. There's bike trails and uh, bike lanes everywhere, so commuting, which is what I do a lot of, mm-hmm. um, just year-round. I'm a commuter really really user friendly as far as getting around and everything and uh, there's a lot of recreational um, biking as well because of the trail system that we have Mm -hmm. Uh, columbia has like a a rail to trail uh, system that called the mkt which goes from downtown columbia out to outside of town and meets up with the katy trail which uh, goes across almost the entire state Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they're constantly adding more trails and everything and so and it's a really really uh it's almost like riding on a paved trail so you can ride road bikes mountain bikes uh, cross bikes whatever you want to take on it nice and i haven't um i've been on the katie trail a couple times and i haven't uh utilized the service but i've heard many times that you can jump on an amtrak and kind of make your way across and then go back on the katie trail the whole almost the whole state you can. Now they, they've completed it all the way over to Kansas City. Oh, okay. And they're trying to, and I don't know where it's at in the legislature, but they want to build another, the Rock Island Trail, which will run parallel with the, the Katy Trail across the entire state. Oh. It'll make like a 420-mile loop. And they're trying to get that passed. The land for the, the trail itself has been donated. And so... Um, it's kind of a no-brainer because uh, the tax revenue that's generated from people on the trail is outweighs the maintenance by like eighteen to one. So, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so that would be a really ideal situation, and it would bring in a lot of tourism and everything too. Mm-hmm. So. so, when you're out biking, you, you know, you mentioned that you are a commuter, so you're commuting to work, um, but. Most of the time, what type of biking are you doing? Are you on a uh, road bike, gravel bike, fat bike? What kind of... Um... I 
I've gotten spoiled and I take a road bike. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I have I have all kinds of bikes, but and I started out commuting on a hybrid. I guess a a little bit of background to me is I don't drive at all because I, I'm visually impaired. Mm-hmm. So I I got tired of asking people for rides when our job location switched. And so I was kind of in a in a dilemma there trying to figure out logistics on how to you know, make it home each day. And so my wife would drop me off with my hybrid bike in the morning and then I would commute, like do the eight mile commute home. And then it's kind of evolved into now I just bike everywhere I want to go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but, um, that's, that's mainly what I'm doing. And that's 16 miles a day round trip each day. And so when I do that five days a week and then take off on, on the weekends. So, I, uh, I use both the trail and the road mm-hmm. uh, to each day. So, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming, yeah. you know, um, right away I thought of the question, you know, you, you said that you are visually impaired. You know, if you if you are not allowed to drive a car, does that change the way that you bicycle? I'm not fast at all. Mm-hmm. I don't fast. I'm not fast at all. And I'm probably the most defensive driver or rider in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> because... I uh, always have to, you know, I'm always very aware of what can happen. But, sure. I mean, I haven't had any accidents, and I probably have. I mean, I've been commuted. I mean, I do, like, anywhere from 80 to 120 miles a week mm-hmm. uh, on my bike, and I haven't had any accidents, uh, aside from avoiding people that, you know, don't see me or whatever. Sure. Um, Which, but, that's uh, going to happen to anybody. Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, like I say, I don't, I'm not fast at all. Mm-hmm. And, so I'm not going to win any races, and I understand that. But I just want to be out there. I mean, it's 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 given me my independence back. Sure. Of course, you know, scared my wife quite a bit, but uh, she worries about me all the time. But <laughs> I mean, it's like I say, it's given me my independence back because I can just pretty much go anywhere I want and yeah. just jump on my bike. We live fairly close to the trail access, and so uh, just jump on it and out. Excellent. And I can tell you my favorite biking is no intended speed. Like I, if if I'm going to go 12 miles an hour, awesome. If I'm going to go 10 miles an hour, awesome. If I'm going to go fast, you know, it is what it is. So I definitely understand what you mean by that. You mentioned earlier that you have more than one bicycle, which I would say most people that listen to this podcast feel the same way or will say the same thing. I have five bikes nice. for myself, and then we have the family. I think we're up to nine now. Well, I started out on a hybrid bike when I first took up biking, and the rest of the family has, we have four hybrids in our garage. And the next bike after that, I bought a cyclocross bike, uh, a Kona cyclocross bike. And then from there, when I started doing, uh, I started getting into duathlons, and then later triathlons. And so I wanted to do like long distance rides. And so I bought my first endurance bike, which was a Kona Asada DDL. Mm. And uh, that's a uh, an alloy uh, endurance bike. And then uh, when I got ready to do my first rag ride, I kind of panicked and I bought a full carbon. I bought a uh, Ridley uh, Phoenix SL. Mm. Just, so that's that's my main bike that I ride all the time. Only because, it, I mean, as you get older, the, the lighter the bike, the easier it is making it up the hills, I guess. <laughs> so, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but I need every advantage I can get, I'm telling you. 
Uh, skinny tires, though. Yeah. Although um, you're probably just used to, you know, whatever terrain you're on, you you know what to expect. Yeah. I Just my latest bike that I bought. Well, I bought uh, my son uh, a Canyon Endurance bike because he wanted to get into it, too. And I just bought that. Like, And that's, that's also my backup bike. And then, like, I don't have any other backup bikes. But then um, I get asked all the time to go mountain biking on some of the other mountain bike trails that are around Columbia. And people, I mean, some of the veterans that I'm involved with, they want to go mountain biking all the time. So I I just, like, about three weeks ago bought a mountain bike. Mm. Not sure how happy my wife is with that. (laughs) But (laughs) it's a little bit more technical doing, you know, mountain bike trails and jumps and stuff like that. And I'm not young by any means. I'm 57 years old. So, you know, it helps somebody out by me going out mountain biking with them or whatever, then then I'll do it. So I I just bought a Ridley mountain bike. I've got a mountain bike on my list for this year, 2020, I want to get a mountain bike. So I, it's, there's so many choices. So I'm, I'm glad that you pulled the trigger and you've got it. And hopefully you're able to get out and ride a little. Yeah, it's it's a completely different world on that. Mm. Um, you know, I just I didn't buy like anything top of the line or anything like that. I just bought a Ridley because I mean, I my other bike was a Ridley. It's nice, and I've had it out a couple times, but I have no idea what I'm doing on it or anything. So <laughs> I'll have to wait until to wait until you know I meet up with some of the other guys. So. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm dabbling with a YouTube channel, right? So I have a YouTube channel called Morphology. And uh, yesterday Uh I went out on some single track, which is way different from mountain biking because, A, it's here in Iowa. It's very flat. And you've got just like grass on either side of you for the most part. So it wasn't very technical, but I did a video and when I went to publish it, I made sure I called it beginner mode because it was, <laughs> you know, there'd be a big, yeah. a big log in front of me. I would actually stop and get off my bike and me jump my body and then my bike over it. So. Yeah. Like I say, when I, when I take this mountain bike out, my goal is just going to be not to die. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't have any, any intention of ever doing this or anything like that. <laughs> well, that I think that's a very good goal and I'm sure your wife will appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. She'll probably put me like in an armored suit or something like that. Oh, that's but. great. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Well, let's get into Team RWB, which um, you did mention briefly that you are a veteran, so I wanted to say thank you for that. And it sounds like you are now in a mode where you're helping other veterans. So let's get into what Team RWB stands for and maybe a little bit about the history. Sure. Uh, Team Red, White, and Blue was um, formed uh, several years ago by um, uh, Mike Irwin. And he was a veteran, and he saw a need for this kind of organization. And it's a nonprofit organization. It stands for Team Red, White, and Blue. Mm-hmm. The mission of the organization is to enrich the lives of, Amer- of America's veterans by connecting them uh, to their uh, community through physical and social activities. There's 200 chapters nationwide. Oh, what wow. I tell people, in, 
it, it's funny because you get asked that like while you're on Ragbri and you have like 10 seconds to give somebody a quick spiel. Yeah. And I say, oh, we're just like uh, the American Legion, only we don't just sit around and smoke cigarettes and complain about the government. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, <laughs> um, and that's, like I say, we are probably the most active veterans organization there is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and Like I say, there's 200 chapters nationwide, 192,000 members. We It's open to everybody, community members and veterans alike, because you can't connect somebody to the community if you don't have a community. And so the real mission of it is the transition between going from, you know, being uh, on active duty or in the reserves to civilian life is, is really hard. And a lot of people, a, a large percentage of veterans when they get out of the service they they don't end up in the in the town where they're from mm. and they, they relocate to somewhere else with team rwb no matter where you end up i mean you've got family there mm-hmm. once you join and it's free absolutely free to join veterans even get um a free shirt but it's a really great organization because you know we're taking veterans from getting back into the all of the, the bad things and getting them back connected with, you know, positive uh, people in the community and uh, everybody, uh, every chapter has uh, a leadership team and uh, we're all trained on, you know, how to basically just do different events, you know, to get uh, the veterans out and, and going. And is there like one general website that kind of uh, is where you could go to find out if you, there's a chapter in your state? Sure. TeamRWB.org. Oh, easy. And uh, yeah, and uh, there's you can uh, join on that page. And when you join, you basically put in your address where you're at, and it'll show you where the nearest one is. So I've connected with people all over the country. Mm -hmm. So and then uh, Missouri here, we have six chapters in Missouri. It's it's been great. We have about 450 members here in Columbia. Um, we don't have like a huge, we're not near like a military base or anything like that. And mm-hmm. we're not like, you know, Kansas City or St. Louis where, you know, we have a huge population. But um, we do have, you know, quite a few members considering, you know, we don't have any of those things. Sure. But, um, and I serve as um, our chapter's athletic director. Okay. So I'm the one who, there's three athletic coordinators and then I'm the athletic director over them, and we all come up with different events to do. On the physical side of it, we have other people that create the social team. The social team is creating social events, and then we also do uh, community outreach where we're doing volunteering at, um, like, say, the uh, Welcome Home, uh, the shelter, the veteran's shelter, cook meals for them, or uh, work at the food bank, or we do some other type of community activity. Mm-hmm. What are some of the events that uh, you have been part of or have organized? We do a, an event called Bikes and Breakfast where, you know, where we uh, meet at one of the trailheads and then ride out of town. And then um, the social team will have a breakfast set up for us out there. Oh, okay. And it's a, you know, a really, uh, that's been very well attended. I mean, we usually get like around 30 some riders for that. And then, um, and it's really good because it's uh it's not like a race or anything like that. And we all go at a certain pace and then we all go out and have breakfast and then I'll ride back. And it's about like a 12 mile loop mm. like that. And then we'll do, we have, uh, we'll get in on some of the different 5k races that are in town. We 
we've done everything from Tough Mudder. We had a team that went and did Tough Mudder mm. um, to yoga events, CrossFit, just about everything that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of biking events. Everybody loves biking events. And then we have like a Wednesday run, walk, jog, ruck, whatever you want to do. Of course, everything right now is kind of shut down because of mm-hmm. uh, the coronavirus. But uh, we're still having a lot of virtual events. And we just kicked one off today. Uh, Aware the Eagle Wednesday uh, workout. We're doing like a four-week workout plan for people who are, you know, all everybody's working from home and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that uh, Team RWB, Team Red, White, and Blue, is a nonprofit organization. So are these Correct. events uh, people actually pay money to attend so that you can raise no. money? Or how are you <clears throat> raising money? All of the fundraising is done by um, our headquarters. Oh, okay. And so, so we can concentrate on uh, just doing planning the events and and getting it pushed out to all of our members. There's very few paid employees with uh, Team Red, White, and Blue. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ideal things for me, too, is that I don't have to do any fundraising because, number one, I can concentrate on just doing events. Right. And I'm a volunteer as well. And then I also, the other thing is because I, I also work for the federal government. Mm-hmm. So they kind of frown on people out there trying to you know do fundraising and stuff like that. But it's like I say, it's been great, and absolutely great. It's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked. And then, oh, go ahead. Oh, and then one of the other big events that we have is we have a team that does ragbri every year. Oh, okay. And those are people from yeah. There's members from all over the country that we all meet at at ragbri and do that, and do the ride. So, so it's people from all the different chapters, and then you guys all meet together to do ragbri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's super so cool. So we had people from, yeah, we had people from chapters in, you know, Washington State, uh, Ohio, Michigan. I think the first year that I did it, we, I think we had like 18 riders. Mm. And then last year we had over 20. And so, yeah, it's, it, they just come from all over and we all just meet there. And then, you know, you've got friends for life. Sure. So, oh, yeah. And going, yeah. going through a seven-day bicycle tour <laughs> you you get to be friends right. whether you want to be or not you're you're just in it together um and for those for those listening that uh, i feel like i've talked about ragbri almost every episode but it's basically a seven-day bicycle tour not a race across the state of iowa ragbri.com is the website there but so you have a team uh red white and blue that does ragbri uh any fun memories that you have to share Oh, yeah. The, f- the first year I did it two years ago was actually it went right past the, f- the farmhouse that I grew up on. Oh, no way. And so, yeah. And so I remember as a kid, like when I was, you know, they it was a big deal because Ragbri was going right right past it and it was on that same route. And so I remember as a kid, you know, getting on my little dirt bike and riding <laughs> down to the blacktop and, you know, looking through binoculars to see if anybody was coming. And, you know, that was back when maybe there was like 150 riders or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then to do the same, you know, ride like, you know, 40 years later, it was just crazy. With 15,000 so, yeah, people. <laughs> right, right. Just a constant stream of people. I stopped and uh, uh, grandparents were at a cemetery right along the route. And so I stopped there 
and you know, took pictures and <laughs> everything like that. And then I stopped and was talking to some people and they were, I, I got to talking with them and they, I told them that this used to be my uh, great uncle's house where they had built a house and everything. And uh, it turns out those people, they were used to be my next door neighbors. Oh, wow. Purchased this other land. Yeah. And I worked for them when I was a kid and in their farm and everything. So, Small world. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that was just outside of Ames. And then uh, we went into Ames that night. And then uh, I stayed at my dad's house that night because he still lives there. Yeah. And I wrote pretty much solo. And I, it is, you know, the first one's always the best. You know, and I came back and uh, told Paul Wade about it. And, you know, I said when I got done with the first one, you know, that's it. You know, 450 miles on the bike is just. That's it. I'm, you know, I'm never doing that again. And then, uh, you know, about a month later, I'm like, yeah, I'd do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know that feeling very well. <laughs> yeah. So I told Paul Wade about it, and he, and then he did it last year for the first time. And then he, I don't think a day goes by without getting a text message from Paul Wade about Ragbrite. <laughs> so he just never, never shuts up about it. And we had. We actually had a route announcement party here at my house in Columbia, Missouri, and we oh. had people from as far away as Chicago come in for it, just for this a party. And then we did a polar bike poker ride in the afternoon, and so and it was a Team RWB event. We had all kinds of Iowa themed food and everything. So, oh, that's great! Yeah. <laughs> and for those who don't know this, uh, each year, so the Ragbri has been going on. I think uh, about forty-seven years. If we end up having it this year, it'll be forty-eight. But each year, the right. route is different. So, if you you know keep coming back, you'll explore a new part of Iowa each year. And um, I think that you can be in agreement with me that Iowa is not flat. That's one thing. I any. Buddy, who ever said that after the after I rode Ragbri, I wanted to just punch him in the neck <laughs> because it just yeah. I uh, I remember taking there was a, Paul took a video as we were climbing one of the hills, you know, uh, last year. Then he asked me how I was doing in this video, and I said, "Great," because I was flat. We were going up to you know the thirty fourth hill for the day or whatever. But. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, like I mentioned, um, Ragbri is not a race, but I saw somewhere or read somewhere that you have been in over 50 races. Is that true? That is true. I do. My go- my, and most of those are running races. Yeah, okay. And so, and then duathlons, triathlons. I've done four triathlons and then duathlons and then obstacle course races and everything. And I started with my very first one, I started saving all my bids, the mm-hmm. bid numbers. And so I've got a wall. And my goal when I started was to get the number of years I was. Oh. And I thought that I could do it by 50, but I didn't. Oh. And then um, I just recently, the last race that I did about you know, a couple of months ago, my 57. So that was the one that matched my, my age. Oh, so you so made it. I did. Yeah. I did. I've got 57 bibs on my wall. It's pretty cool accomplishment to have 57 bibs. Um, and I was, I saw it on, might have been on Facebook, I saw a photograph and I was a little bit jealous because I do not keep all my bibs. And it was such a cool photo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's been great collecting them because, you know, I've, 
you know, when I joined Team RWB, that that was one of the huge things is that we did, you know, almost a race a month, it seemed like. And so, you know, I joined as, at first as a member, and then, you know, they figured out that I had organized some different events for uh, the Veterans Administration, which is where I work. And uh, so they said, you know, if you can organize, you know, just one event a month, this would be great. We'd love to have you come on as an athletic coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then I went from that to athletic director. But I, I tell everybody, I swear they're trying to kill me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've done more races with them, I think, than I did, be, you know, in the 10 years before I joined them. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but, be- uh, besides all the... Fun. The races, um, have you been on any other adventures? Like maybe, uh, you know, of course you mentioned Ragbri, which is a bicycle ride. Any other adventures that you want to share? Back in 2000, I played in the World Blind Golf Championships Whoa. in Scotland. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. And then a couple of years ago, I went to the uh, National Disabled Veterans Winter Sports Clinic in Snowmass, Colorado. And I'd never skied before, so that was pretty fun. And then they gave a blind guy a snowmobile. I guess the sign, as long as you sign a waiver, they'll do anything. But <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was fun. So I uh, just had a blast. You know, there's nothing I won't do as long as I'm not going to hurt anybody else. Right. So go zip line in with my family and uh, or, you know, something like that. Just no matter what, I'll always do it. We're, we're always coming up with different things, you know, for our members of Team Red, White, and Blue. And so uh, there's always something. Excellent. And did you, like, take ski lessons, or how did you go from never skiing to skiing? I took one ski lesson before oh. I went out there. And and then you you get paired with an instructor, and mm-hmm. and then, like, on the last day, you you actually do a race. Wow. <laughs> and so you're timed and everything like that. And it's really a big deal, but, I mean... Yeah, I, you know, I get asked every year if I wanted to go back, but, you know, and I went kind of, even though I work at the VA, you know, they, I'm also a patient there as well. And so I went, you know, out there as a patient, but uh, it's, it was really interesting to do it because, you know, you learn the importance of, you know, people that, you know, have been either, they've come up with so many different ways to get uh, people able to ski, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be like on a, you know, different uh, adaptive equipment and stuff like that. And uh, any way that they could, they, you know, send them down the mountain. You'd see people that, you know, had spent years never pressed or whatever. Everybody that you saw there just had the biggest smile on their face. Oh, I, I bet. It was just a huge accomplishment for them. Just something like that was just so, so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And I, I was able to take, you know, that, you know, back to Team RWB and said, this is what we need to do. We need to make sure that every single person that comes in contact with us is, is just having the best time of their life. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's really what I want to do. And if it seems like, you know, some of, we're always trying to get numbers, you know, as far as the number of people that we have attend our events, but it was Team Red, White, and Blue. But for me, it's more important if I just have one person there that I connect with. It's going to, you know, may have done nothing but sat in his basement being depressed. Mm-hmm. And if I get that one person outside doing stuff within his community, I know it's going to be a full positive one. So, you know, we can, you know, talk about how many members of it we have and how great it is to get, you know, all these people out doing stuff and everything. But like I say, it's the, it's the, it's the important ones. That's, those are the ones that we really want to reach. 
Boy, I would say you are a perfect person to be part of that group. And just the organization in itself, the Team Red, White, and Blue, just sounds amazing. It's really, I'm glad I got to learn about it today. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad to tell you about it. I mean, I... Yeah. A quick interruption to tell you, this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. Well, okay, so you've got your 57 races done, but, you know, you're going to age, so you'll probably have to do at least one race a year going forward. Uh, do you... <laughs> Unless I can get ahead, so yeah. then I can just quit. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, once we don't have to be um, worried about the coronavirus, um, do you have adventures on your horizon when we're able to be out and about? Some. There's, we have a, an annual, we have an actual course race here uh, in Jefferson City, just south of Columbia, at uh, the end of August called Prison Break. Uh, we did that last year. I did the first, first time last year. Mm. And what was great about it was we did the entire thing with one group. So <clears throat> there were 20 of us going over every obstacle together and you know, digging through the mud, all of us together. And it was a great team-building exercise. So we weren't to care about, you know, our time or individual sure, time. Yeah. And then um, Rag Bry, and then I thought about doing another triathlon in August for my birthday. And then um, uh, Tour de Corn, I don't know if that's going to happen yet or not. That's another one. That's a, another century ride in uh, Eastern Missouri. That's in June, but I don't know if that's going to happen yet or not. Sure. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. And then, of course, RAGBRAI. I'm signed up for RAGBRAI again. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, so I figure since you have a route announcement party, you have to do RAGBRAI. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're hosting it. I mean, you, you are the yeah. one hosting it. <laughs> I know. We have so many. I mean, our house is it's just my wife and I and my daughter and my son is, isn't here anymore. So he's, it has his own apartment. And so it's just us three, but we have a fairly large house. And so like for the route announcement party, I mean, we had people sleeping on the floors in the beds everywhere. You know, we could stick somebody, there was somebody sleeping here because people came in from other States Mm -hmm. and everything like that just for this party. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was fun. Well, looking at all the stuff that you have done and you want to do, um, any advice you would give to people that are listening right now that maybe want to get more active? I, I get asked this a lot, and, you know, I deal with, you know, uh, uh, people with you know disabilities a lot. And my biggest thing to advice to them is stop dwelling on what you can't do, mm-hmm. figure out what you can do, and just keep doing it. And if there's somebody out there that wants to get more active, find a chapter or find a hobby, set a goal and, and work towards it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing as easy. I remember, you know, my, I took up running just because, I mean, my, I had gained a lot of weight and I remember, you know, my doctor getting on my case about it. And so I did the couch to five day program and that led to, uh, the first race. But I mean, I set a goal if I want to run, you know, a 5k race. So I set a goal and I did it. And now it seems like, I always just want to sign up for something just so that I have something to work for. Oh, sure. And that's, that's the, that's my best advice for somebody to set a goal and and go do it. Mm -hmm. And I think along with that, you know, having people on your team, like team red, white, and blue does, that also is really good incentive to get out there and get moving. 
it is. And like I say, it's it's been very, very, that's my therapy is on my bike. Yeah. You know, and I, if I can just get on it and go ride 30 miles. Sometimes I, I, live, I work on the east side of town and I live on the west side of town. And so, like I said earlier, it's like an eight-mile commute. But sometimes I'll just go past my house. <laughs> where my, I normally turn off the trail to go to my house. <laughs> yeah. I'll just keep going and just head out of town and then I'll call my wife and just say, hey, do you want to meet me in this town? Grab some dinner. But, you know, I'm just, you know, that's just what I do. I can tell, you know, when I am on a bike ride, how it changes um, just everything in my brain as far as slowing things down and um, thinking right. good thoughts right. and feeling good. It's, I love it. it. It's very, very therapeutic. Yeah. Well, any, I mean, we've done um, a lot of talking about Team Red, White, and Blue, and it's pretty easy to find online. Um, any other organizations that you're part of that you want to talk about real quick? Um, the, I work at the veterans, you know, for the VA hospital, I'm an accountant for them. And, uh, I've worked there for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> again, I'm, I didn't even know I was el- ever eligible for care at the VA until I started working there. Oh, and then okay. somebody said, well, why don't you get your care here? So if you ever have any questions about stuff like that, get in contact with your VA mm-hmm. because, you know, they're there to help and, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, uh, there's a reputation that goes along there. But I tell you what, I have the best doctor that I've ever had in my life. And she actually has, she's in Team Marta out in Blue, and she's done bicycle rides with us. And her and I have rode together on other stuff, too. So she's just been great. I've had the same doctor now for 15 years. Awesome. So there's so many, so many uh, other opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, Team Red, White, and Blue, too, is open to everybody, not just veterans. Mm-hmm. So anybody can join Team Red, White, and Blue, and it's uh, it's free. Not only is it free to join, but um, all, most of the events are free as well. Excellent. Well, Todd, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was really great getting to know you and learn more about the organization Team Red, White, and Blue. Loved it. Well, it's been great. I mean, I'm sorry I ramble a lot and I talk too much. And <laughs> usually, if my wife was sitting here, she'd say, "Oh, Todd, just shut up." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I can say I'm glad to have you on the podcast, and uh, I hope to uh, you know run into Team Red, White, and Blue on Ragbriar at some point, so I can uh, say, hey, I know Todd. Oh yeah, do because like uh, I mean we always have a tent up, and it's a big red, white, and blue tent. Oh cool! And stop and have a piece of pie somewhere or something. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. It's been great. Well, that's it for this week. I hope everyone's staying healthy, safe, and sane during these strange times. Special thank you to Todd Cowan for talking about his adventures and also telling us about the great nonprofit organization for veterans called Team Red, White, and Blue. As he mentioned, Team RWB is actually open to everybody. So be sure to check out teamrwb.org. Also, one note, I recorded this episode before Ragbright announced that they were postponing the 2020 ride, so that's why you heard us talking about going this year. 
Email me your topics or names of cyclists you find interesting at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to morphologypodcast.com to find all kinds of great info. And I recently launched a YouTube channel. So if you want to see videos of the places I bike, check that out. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Todd Cowan. Stop dwelling on what you can't do. Figure out what you can do and just keep doing it. Think about it. Thank you.